Welcome to Just the Taste. I'm Scott Curry with Chef's Best. We gather to talk about the trends in marketing, retail, and production in food and beverage that are shaping the industry. We've got a great guest for you this episode in Joe Lupica. Joe Lupica is a consumer packaged goods marketing veteran, having worked with Penta Water, Emergency during a key growth stage when the product line was expanding and the modern digital marketing era began, and after a brief stint with sports training product leader skills, where he also worked on the massive Sport Brilla brand, he's now driving all marketing efforts for Super Seeds. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Scott. Pleasure to be here. Great. So, Joe, you've been in consumer packaged goods for a long time now, so you have a pretty good pulse on the industry. What trends do you see that are fading away, and what trends seem to be ramping up and becoming more mainstream? Yeah, you know, it's a really interesting time, I think, in, in consumer goods, food and beverage. Uh, there's a lot of innovation, a lot of kind of uh, new things on the horizon. As, as uh, uh, anyone who's, who's been out to several of the, the trade shows, including National Food Day the West, could, could attest. Um, I'd say from a trend standpoint, there's, there's, there's several, and I would say maybe even five that, that are, that have really become trends and, and uh, not so much fads. Um, the first one, which uh, yes, I think uh, many are now becoming familiar with, is this kind of movement to clean labels, clean, lab, clean simple, natural ingredients um, for snacking and, and even meal-based uh, products. Um, the second, I would say, is where maybe 10 years ago, um, maybe seven to, 10, seven to 10 years ago, uh, kind of functional beverages and foods uh, that had added vitamins and, and kind of nutrients, um, now is kind of shifting to more naturally functional foods. So, for example, um, coconut water, which is kind of naturally, uh, kind of a natural electrolyte, um, or pumpkin seeds in, in uh, super seeds case, is naturally functional in a way that provides, you know, a really great source of protein, but not because it's been added to the product, but because it's just naturally existing in those products. Um, the third, I would say, that's continued uh, for probably more than 10, 20 years is just convenience. Um, with everyone's on-the-go lifestyle, the convenient ways to, to eat and drink uh, continue to be uh, drivers for product development. And I would cite uh, you know, if any of the parents out there who have you know, the applesauce, the go-go squeezes of the, of the world, um, or plum organic, some of those, those uh, uh, kind of um, you know, squeeze pouches with applesauce or baby food. Those now, uh, you're seeing those actually um, adult products or products for adults being packaged in that, and so that's an interesting um, kind of uh, trend. The fourth, I would say, of course, snacking occasions. Um, saw a stat the other day that more than 50% of the population reports that they snack three or three or more times a day. So snacking versus meal-based eating uh, continues to, to increase. Um, and then I think on the, the, the last one would be um, 
you know, from a flavor standpoint, there's there's more and more kind of complex, unique flavors that are being adopted, or more are now more uh, accepted with the general population. Sweets, not just sweets anymore, but sweets and savories, um, uh, sweet and spicy, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and so we're starting to see that more and more, uh, even in the in the snacking area. Those are some, some great insights. I want to dig into a few of those a little bit deeper. I think the clean labels is clear. I think it's you know social media is driving that access to information, awareness about what what is in your body. Um, just that I think a function of the, the kind of proliferation of information is is you know forcing people to be more curious and 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 um, discerning about what they put in their body, and it's it's. I, for one, am thrilled that kind of the industry is responding to that. Uh, you also mentioned natural functioning instead of functioning, and I think you've probably had a, a front row seat to that, having been with emergency, and uh, now you're with super seeds, which you know is is um, it doesn't have any sort of additives to speak of, I believe. What is kind of driving that shift? Is it just technology needed to keep up? Because uh, I think you're dead right that everything was added, 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 added. You know, it was only, but it was only about five or six years ago. But now it seems like if you want a certain nutrient, then you go to the source for it now, as opposed to drinking or eating something that's just added. What what has kind of driven that? Is it is it technology? Is it is it the market? Is it just the natural evolution of things? I would probably say it's it's a couple things. One, um, kind of from a, a negative perspective, I think there's there was a bit of a backlash from some of those functional foods and beverages, where there were claims that were being made that were just not true. Um, and so, as a consumer, the credibility you 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 see through the the items, these these products that are not credible. Um, have not done the research, have not proven these claims, and they begin to catch on that, you know, a say a, a enhanced water, for example, um, only contains a you know, fraction of the daily value of what you need of a certain uh, mineral or, or vitamin. So how could it actually do anything meaningful for me? Um, I think that's one thing that that, that happened. I saw that a lot in in the supplement industry, um, even beyond the kind of functional beverage and, and food space. Um, I think the other thing is that uh, just natural in general, natural and I'd say organic as a kind of proxy for natural, um, is, is taken off and, and consumers feel better about products that are natural and that have have those function or those those benefits that occur naturally. You know, if it's done by nature, then it, then it must be better for me. Um, and to support the the kind of growth, um, uh, you know, claim there is that uh, actually the the Organic Trade Association um, reported over the last four years, uh, organic uh, product sales have grown in double digits, 10.8% uh, in the last year. So that really supports kind of what's going on from from that perspective. And I think third um, is that 
the products are better now too, um, and these these products, whether you know, like I said, super seeds is is uh, um, you know pumpkin seeds, but a, a very good source of protein. There's many other products that um, that uh, also have these these kind of natural benefits, but they taste good as well. So people don't have to get that synthetic kind of added um, ingredient or enhanced um, food experience with added with additives. Uh, the products in a fairly unprocessed state are uh, very approachable and and consumable um, as is or with limited processing. So I think those are those would be the three things that I that I say. Mm -hmm. There's there's almost a theme that that I'm sensing that is across all of this, which is that consumer access to information is is kind of forcing Adam Smith's invisible hand to change with the market, it, and, and it's happening rapidly. And uh, I wonder, from a flavor standpoint, which I think was the fifth point that you made, kind of who's driving the bus on that one? Is it you know that in, in an effort to continue innovating, that, that packaged goods companies are uh, needing to you know capture new markets or or gain market share. That they're needing to um, introduce more and more complex flavors, or is it that consumers are demanding more complex flavors because perhaps allegedly uh, you know we're we're, we're tired of of decades of food that that did not meet you know what our our palates would prefer. It's a kind of a tricky question. It might not be an either or, but yeah, I think it's 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 interesting too. And at the same point, when you say um, when I said there's there's uh, complex flavors or kind of new and different flavors are are being adopted, I would also say that on the flip side, um, there's still you know the the simple flavors still do well. You know your barbecue, your your salt, salted, you know those kinds of things still do well. But the, you know on the other side of the spectrum, these are these other flavors, whether they be kind of Asian influence or Indian or or, or whatnot, those are are also being uh, accepted. And I think um, one to your point, Scott, is that this stuff is more accessible, um, both from an information standpoint. And from a, just a, a purchase standpoint, with the uh, as as online uh, you know e-commerce grows, uh, you don't need to be in Kroger to sell uh, a unique uh, bar or a unique chip or whatever the case may be. Um, and with that in mind, because it's let's say easier um, for New products to be developed by companies other than your Kraft Foods or your, um, uh, your ConAgra's, the big CPG uh, companies. Those these entrepreneurs, these food entrepreneurs, are you know are innovating on their own, and and consumers like it. You know they they like the the they like the same things that the entrepreneurs like. Right? They like the variety. They like something new that maybe may not have occurred 30 years ago because most of the food is controlled by uh, the majority of the of the uh, the larger food companies so um, and I would say also that a majority of that innovation 
is not happening at the, the major food companies. It's happening by these entrepreneurs and the, the ones that end up succeeding, these smaller emerging brands, end up getting acquired by larger uh, consumer packaged goods firms just for those, those these brands of these uh, emerging brands that have uh, incubated, introduced something new and different, proven their concept. So I think one of the points that you're making there that's exciting and I, I had not thought of, which is that the barrier to entry is probably lower now for someone to enter the market with a new product, which is exactly what we're seeing in, in technology spaces. I mean, you know, it's there's a million examples of, you know, people developing their own software programs and WordPress plugins and founding businesses on that and creating their own website and etc. And it seems like maybe we're entering an era um, partially fueled by globalization. Um, where your barrier to entry to find and obtain the ingredients and find a, a manufacturer and you know sell through Amazon that what used to be the domain of only people that had large capital investments you could start a company that you know with 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 a small loan or or what's in your savings account which which I'd like to, us to bring us to super seeds because um, you could share the super seed story a little bit, but you know, as I understand, that was a company that was started by you know just a few passionate folks, correct? Yeah, it's a really fun story. Um, actually, uh, um, uh, a mom of of five, her name's Cassie Policcio. She started the 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 brand in her kitchen, um, literally. She she was. You know, simply just looking for some kind of unique, fresh way to spice up her salads and for some healthy snacks for her and her, her family. And um, she started toying around with with uh, pumpkin seeds. Um, and so she started with a, a you, know, you talk about kind of a flavor, a curry, a curry flavor. And she really enjoyed it herself. And and before she, you know it, she started making batches just in her oven in a kind of cast iron skillet and filling jars uh, with these flavored no-shell um, pumpkin seeds. And she would come back to the kitchen and they would be gone. You know, her kids and, and you know, family would, would eat them. Uh, friends would come over, they would try them and, and want more and would eventually begin asking if they could buy them. And, and so she thought, well, Hey, maybe maybe I should start selling them. Then um, went to the local farmers markets, some local health fairs, uh, school fairs, and um, you know it kind of went from there. And really, I would say in the last three years, the you know the brand was kind of relaunched um, and uh, is now the fastest growing uh, seed brand, uh, the seed snack brand uh, in the category. So um, it's pretty. It's a fun, uh, kind of rom almost romantic uh, story of the of uh, you know a successful um, you know new business, new food beverage uh, business. That's it's fun to watch. It's and and there's lots of them like that, and in kind of natural foods, and uh, which makes it an exciting uh, exciting space. 
That's awesome. So, so for anyone out there that that is at that stage, they're they're making something, they're they're you know creating and innovating, and, and they're at the farmers market, and and now looking where you are with Super Seeds, your retail presence is expanding. You're in, I believe, Sprouts and, and Kroger and Whole Foods, etc. What advice do you have to a new emerging brand to break through and land shelf space? Yeah, it, it's kind of funny because it, it really depends on on the product, the timing, and, and a variety of things. But if you're kind of going to narrow it down, um, I would say, you know, first and foremost, uh, because of all the competition and all the other brands that are out there, uh, the consumer has a lot of choices. You know, it, it really needs to be unique, and it's you know that especially marketing gets thrown around a lot, but it, it does have to be differentiated in some way as a product. Um, can you give a, a unique flavor experience? Um, and Super Season is definitely that. Um, and there's many other brands out there that, that, that can provide that as well. Um, so if you can break into a category and provide something unique, either in format of the product, um, the packaging, the, the flavors, the way it's manufactured, the ingredients, those kinds of things, or all of them, that's a, that's a, that's a good start. Um, I think also for super seeds, um, you know, the, the approach to the brand, you know, we end up coming to a category that was, that was uh, a little stale and um, brought a kind of a disruptive brand approach where we could inject personality and really connect with consumers on an emotional level. So, and that brand, you know, the way we went about it is, is we wanted to articulate it um, as kind of a personification of, of the, you know, that kind of uh, followed the persona of the owners. And they happen to be a fun, um, entertaining uh, couple that, that, um, uh, that, that kind of makes it easy. So people really like them, and we use their personas to to inject into that brand. So whenever you can connect to that consumer, um, kind of on a on an emotional level, that's that's going to be to your your benefit. There's nothing better than hearing consumers say, "I love your brand," "I love your products." Um, whenever you can delight them, you know they're happy to pay more, and and you won't have to be worrying about price wars as much with with competitors. Um, so I think that's that's important. The it's also important to to kind of get a quick sense of your category where you where you're playing, you know, where you would play within the store in the store, um, uh, who that competition is, and you know, is that category expanding or contracting? So if it's contracting and it's been contracting for for a couple of years, that could be a problem because shelf space is likely drying up. It's, it's shrinking, so it's you really got to fight to get that, that space. But if you're in a category, and it, it seems to be right now, we're kind of what I call in the, the beef jerky era, where there's a, there's a new beef jerky company every other, every other month, um, but it's a hot category growing quickly, and more space is going to be dedicated to it within a grocery store. So that's a little bit easier battle in some ways. Than, than trying to fight for a, a shrinking shelf space. Um, I think third, packaging is critical. Um, 
you know, we talk about accessibility um, or you know lower barrier uh, lower barriers to entry for entrepreneurs to start uh, start their own uh, brand or product company. They um, there's much more access to talented designers marketers than ever before, and you can see it in the marketplace that it, it, it's really um, become exciting to see all the, the kind of fun different things that are being being generated by lots of talented designers and entrepreneurs themselves. But you're at the point of purchase, um, and you you can't as an entrepreneur you can't be there at the shelf and tell everybody about your product. So you need the one jump out. So the consumer picks you up and wants to read more or puts it in your cart. Um, uh, and then then to um, really communicate what those benefits are. So they, they you know, there's a reason for for it to to belong in the shelf and and uh, uh, in that consumer's cart. Um, and then I think the last one I would say, which really gets lost, especially in big companies, is that you know make it a good product, one that you the one that you enjoy. Um, sometimes you know, you're in a big company and you have product development teams and you do all the research and you you uh, mark off the boxes that say yes, it's low in sugar, yes, it's low in salt. Um, we're using a, a, uh, we have low calories. We have a sweetener, a sweetener um, uh, that that is natural and low calorie. And then at the end of the day, it's like a Franken product that no one wants to, to eat, right? Um, but when you're an entrepreneur and you have an opportunity, make it so you, it's something that you would eat every day, and your consumers will be the same. Um, if you can't do that, then then that's a that's a problem. But but again, as an entrepreneur, I think that's something that you can ensure, and that will ensure your your success. That's great. That, that that's just fantastic advice, and 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 you live it too. I, I encourage anyone listening to check out superseeds.com, and that's s e e d z dot com, because you you will see that you know Joe and the, the Superseeds team have developed the. This fun brand. It's it's got this clean design, and and really you have a lot of fun with the packaging as well. With you know the different kind of illustrations of the pumpkin that represent the flavor. So um, you're certainly living it. So um, to wrap up, I just had uh, one more question, which is that you consult for a lot of companies under your your own company, Rule One Marketing. So. So with all of your experience and all of your expertise, Joe, what, what is rule number one in marketing for you? <laughs> well, I think there's several rules. Um, but for me and what I try to do as a marketer and what I've seen uh, successful brands or, or the successful brands that they've done is uh, the rule one for me is uh, you got to break the rules and if you and if Possible change, change the rules of the game, um, because if you're doing that, then you're obviously doing something different. You're changing how the competition uh, is seen, or you're giving the consumer something unique. You're you're pricing a product differently. You're merchandising it differently. You're you're doing something unique, and it it really gives a uh, it really helps the brand to, to stand out. So I would say it's change the rules for which the game is being played within within a category within a, 
you know, industry. So be original, and Joe, you're an original. Supersuits is an original, and uh, I want to thank you for for joining us today. Um, some great advice for any entrepreneurs out there looking to to break through and, and start and start up and, and you know get recognized by retailers. Um, and we appreciate you sharing your experience. So. Um, best of luck with Superseeds, and uh, you know if anyone hasn't tried them yet, then you need to run out there and do so. It's it's a great snack, and for any on-the-go family, um, it's a good way to get get some good protein in you, but some some good flavor as well. So thank you very much, Joe, and and best of luck. Thanks, Scott. Thank you for joining us on Just the Taste, the Chef's Best Production. Join us again next time as we talk to more experts in marketing, retail, and production in the food and beverage industry. As always, visit chefsbest.com to learn more.